Ashish Prashaw is really attached to his kafia. Two thirds of the year, you'll see it around my neck, except maybe in New York winters where I need something really, really thick to keep my to keep myself warm. My son even slept in it in his first three or four months of existence because he could smell dad. Kafias have been in the news a lot lately because they symbolize Palestinian identity, whether these scarves are worn at protests or just out and about. Prashaw is British Indian. His kafia was a gift from a Palestinian whom he met in the West Bank. And he says he wears it to show solidarity with all oppressed people, but especially Palestinians. And he says it usually gets a positive response. I've had people on the street stop me and ask me about it and we break bread together. He says he got a much different reaction at a public park in Brooklyn a few weeks ago. Why? A video he recorded shows a woman throwing a cell phone at him and his 18-month-old son. Then, he says, she threw a hot drink. I'm wearing a scarf and I'm getting attacked because apparently I'm a terrorist. He reported to police that she made anti-Islamic statements towards him. Hadassah Bozakaravani is now facing hate crime charges in the case. She pleaded not guilty, according to court records. Her lawyer didn't respond to a request for comment. In Vermont a couple weeks ago, another incident. Three students of Palestinian descent were shot by a white man. One of them was left paralyzed. Two were wearing the kafia. None of this has stopped Run Jatan from wearing her kafia. The thing about us is, you know, the more violent they are to us, the more we want to be ourselves, the more we want to be more of who we are as Palestinians. She's Palestinian and lives in New York and says she wears the kafia to feel connected to who she is. This is just a scarf, right? But it's not just a scarf. We all know that. It carries a lot of symbolism. It carries a lot of deep history. Consider this. The evolution of the kafia traces the history of the Palestinian people. We'll explain how a piece of cloth became a powerful symbol. From NPR, I'm Elsa Chang. It's Tuesday, December 5th. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Teladoc Health. There are lots of reasons for wanting to be healthy. Family, work, living a fuller life. Teladoc Health understands. Whether you have diabetes, high blood pressure, or just need to manage your weight, Teladoc Health can help. Visit teledochealth.com slash what's your why for more information. That's T-E-L-A-D-O-C health slash what's your why. This message comes from NPR sponsor, the Capital One Venture X Card. Earn unlimited 2X miles on everything you buy. Plus, get access to a $300 annual credit for bookings through Capital One Travel. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. Details at CapitalOne.com. This message comes from NPR sponsor, the Capital One Venture X Card. Earn unlimited 2X miles on everything you buy. Plus, get access to a $300 annual credit for bookings through Capital One Travel. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. Details at CapitalOne.com. It's Consider This from NPR. Okay, so a basic question. What is the kafia? Like, what does it look like? Well, at a very literal level, it's a square piece of cloth. 
It's usually white with either a black checkered pattern or a red checkered pattern, though it can come in multiple colors. And there's also kind of a woven kind of a design on the edges, as well as some tassels and macrame that hang on the corners. That's Wafa Ghanem. She's a research fellow at the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York City and curator for the Museum of the Palestinian People. Specifically, it's a men's headdress and usually folded diagonally in half and, and secured on the head with a agal or a head rope. But there's a lot of meaning embedded in this article of clothing. I look at the kofiya as a symbol of freedom and, and history. And it's true. I mean, go back through more than a century of Palestinian history, and you'll see the kafiyah right in the middle of one pivotal moment after another. For example, in 1974, when Yasser Arafat, at the time the head of the Palestinian Liberation Organization, addressed the UN General Assembly. He wore the kafiyah, which was his trademark. Yasser Arafat was known to fold the kofiyeh into the shape of historic Palestine before wearing it on his head. So we have a really beautiful symbolism in that, in, in the way that he expressed his own connection to homeland. The kofiyeh's history as a political symbol, it goes all the way back to the 1930s, to what's known as the Arab Revolt. That's when a headdress, mostly worn by nomadic Bedouins, became an identifier for all Palestinian Arabs. Those riots emerged primarily, they were demanding an end to the British occupation of Palestine. And at this time, we see Palestinian men, not just that were Bedouin or nomadic, but from villages and towns that began to wear the black and white kofiya as an expression of political identity and national identity. Wafa Ghanem is Palestinian herself. And I asked her about what the kofiya means to her personally. There is always this connection with activism and national identity, but when I wear a traditional garment, which is what the kofiya is, I feel connected not just with this current moment. I feel connected with my past, with my ancestors, with my great-grandparents, with my father. And my kofiya specifically, in the way that I've added embroidery to it, uh-huh. reminds me of my mother, where I learned how to do Palestinian embroidery or tataris. And so marrying both of those together on my kofiya and wearing them is the way that I show pride mm. in my people, but as also a memory of my ancestors, and our long and beautiful and rich history of creation and culture and art. Yeah. What did you embroider specifically on your kafia? I decided to embroider um, a goat's design, which when I learned that design from my mother, it was a maternal motif because it features two goats looking at each other and underneath them are like a baby goat on each side. And I stitched this kofiya when I was um, on maternity leave with my son, my newborn baby at the time, my son. And I wanted to create it. I had a calling in that moment to create it and to wear it, but then also to pass it on to him and as part of his own cultural inheritance of being a Palestinian in exile. I love that. You know, when I hear you describe what the kafia means to you personally, it's so beautiful. And I, I have to ask you, like, when you watch people react hatefully 
to the keffiyeh. I'm thinking about the shooting recently of three young men in Vermont. Two of them were wearing keffiyehs. In New York recently, a woman allegedly harassed and threw a cup of hot coffee at a British Indian man who was wearing a keffiyeh as well. And we don't know exactly what motivated these people to strike out, but what goes through your mind when you see people become victims of violence when wearing this scarf? Of course, this is tragic and it saddens me because the kofiya is a historic garment. And all I can think about is how dehumanized Palestinians and our our cause, our cause for freedom is and how the kofiya is ultimately and the way that it's viewed and the symbolism and the way it's viewed today is a reflection of that dehumanization. The kofiya will always and our clothing will always reflect our current context and our identity. This is the history of Palestinian dress. We we always express identity through our dress. And I think right now we see that also, it seems, people reflect their own beliefs and judgments of our identity onto our dress. And, and I find that in and of itself very interesting. You know, as a Palestinian dress historian, uh, I'm often regarded as an activist. But I, I find that interesting because uh, as somebody who is preserving cultural heritage with colleagues and peers preserving cultural heritage of other cultures in the world, they're not considered activists. And so for Palestinians to be so maligned that to the point that to preserve our own cultural heritage or our dress history uh, makes us a political in in any way, I think is an interesting thought to consider and, and how that might change one day when we are free. When you're just sharing your family history to be perceived as being an activist, I mean, that's really something, isn't it? Yeah, to preserve even a scarf and the and the beauty and history of a scarf and how it reflected certain segments of society and how it was worn and the way it was folded or or even in our embroidery and the designs that we embroider um to have that be politicked and regarded as sort of this revolutionary. And of course, you know, of course, as a Palestinian, I am an activist and and I do believe in freedom um, and that will never change. But but at the end of the day, I'm here to document the history of dress. And this to me is a cultural and humanitarian contribution, not necessarily a political one. Wafa Ghanem is curator for the Museum of the Palestinian People. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. It's Consider This from NPR. I'm Elsa Chang. At this year's Oscars, Oppenheimer took home the award for Best Picture, Emma Stone and Robert Downey Jr. also picked up wins, and Ryan Gosling brought the Kennergy. For a recap of all the highlights, listen to the Pop Culture Happy Hour podcast from NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Rosetta Stone, an expert in language learning for 30 years. Right now, NPR listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership to 25 different languages for 50% off. Learn more at rosettastone.com NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in the day, how would you use it? 
BetterHelp Online Therapy can help you figure out what's most important to you so you can prioritize it. Learn to make time for what makes you happy. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Visit BetterHelp.com NPR today to get 10% off your first month.